Good morning, church, family and friends. Shalom and welcome to our online service. For the past two weeks, one word has been nagging me. And that's the word faces. I see faces. Faces of the poor, homeless people sleeping at the railway station in Alostar, my hometown. That was 46 years ago. But I still see their faces. The faces God showed me when He called me into the ministry. I see faces of the villagers, of the people, hungry for the Word of God in our 12 mission countries. And just yesterday, I see the faces of those struggling Afghans who are trying to board the last plane, maybe the only plane flying out of Afghanistan when their country falls to the Taliban. And even though we are wearing masks nowadays and it's hard to see what is behind the mask, it may be a smile, it may be groanings, pain, distress, agony. I see faces. Jeremiah saw those faces as well. My text is taken from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 9. We will read the scriptures as we go along. But let me right now just highlight verse 8. God says, do not be afraid of their faces. There are faces that make us feel comfortable, at ease, happy even. But there are faces that cause us to be very fearful, confused. And so in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1, it says here, the words of, the, of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anatoth in the land of Benjamin. We want to know more about Jeremiah, the great prophet of God. But all that is written about him and his background is almost like nothing. So scant. There are only three things that are mentioned about him here. First of all, that he was the son of Hilkiah. Secondly, that he was from the priestly family. And thirdly, he is from Anathoth, which is about three miles north of Jerusalem. That's all that we know about Jeremiah. It is as if it's not the messenger that is important, but it is the message that comes out from this man. Verse 2 tells us, To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. Jeremiah lived in very turbulent times, troubled times. There was great political, military, social, economic upheaval in those days. It was just about 40 years 
before the Babylonians will come in and destroy the entire city and take the people into captivity. Dark days. And verse 3 tells us, very interesting. It says here, mention about the kings that Jeremiah served through in a span of 40 years. There was jo Josiah, there was Jehoiakim, there was Jehoiachin, there was Zedekiah, the last king, when Jerusalem fall to the Babylonians in 587 BC. So in a span of 40 years, Jeremiah preached the word of God. Five kings, five faces. And perhaps some of the faces of these kings would cause fear and trembling in the heart of anybody who see them. But he continued to preach the word of God and kings and kingdoms come and go. But after 40 years of ministry, Jeremiah the word of the Lord continues to come to him. We are living in similar times. In Malaysia, in the past four years, we have seen three prime ministers and a new one coming in. Politically, socially, economically, we are in great turbulent times, uncertain times. But what is certain, what will last through all of these turbulence is the word of God. When kings and kingdoms have crumbled, the word of God will still remain. And, and when it says here, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the word of God here is the, is, 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 is the one that interprets human situation. It's not what is outside. That is what we see. All the troubles and turbulence. But the word of God interprets and gives meaning to the situations that are all around. Jeremiah received the word. And the key to it all is not to look just, to just not Look around and be so troubled by all the things that are happening. Not just to look at the faces of the five kings, many of whom are wicked and cruel and have forsaken the Lord. But rather to listen, to listen to the word of the Lord. Even in troubled times, it is the word of the Lord that gives us not just hope, but also meaning. And God will speak His word into our human situation, into our political situation, into whatever situation we are in, if we will but listen. 
He will speak to any one of us. So Jeremiah listened. Forty years he listened for the word of God. The word of God that will interpret our situations. He continues on and says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. In verse 4. And this is a fresh word that Jeremiah received concerning his, himself, his background. And God says, in verse 5, concerning Jeremiah, there are four verbs that are mentioned here. First of all, before I formed you, before I formed you, in other words, before I created you, before you were even found in your mother's womb. The word form is synonymous with created. And this is a fresh new creation. In other words, God is not into mass production. As far as human birth is concerned, we are not one of those that came up from the factory line or with the same chop or same stem. No, we are uniquely created. As they say, concerning the snowflakes, there are no two snowflakes that are alike. Billions of snowflakes all over the world every year, and yet no two snowflakes are alike. That's how unique God's creation is. And you are very uniquely created. Secondly, he says, before I formed you, I already knew you. Wow! God knows each and every one of us. Nowadays, we live in a very impersonal world. Especially in this pandemic season. Our world has changed. Now we do our transaction, our banking online. We can buy our grocery online. We can order food online. And we don't have to meet anybody at all. And in the midst of all this impersonal world where we are into social isolation, we wonder, does anybody know me? Does anybody care whether I live or die in my condominium or in my house? In such a situation, God says, I knew you. God knows us better than we know ourselves, better than your spouse knows you. And God says, not only I formed you, not only I knew you, but I also have consecrated you. God has consecrated, in other words, set us apart, sanctified us for His divine purpose. God has a plan and purpose for your life. And finally, God says, I've appointed you. And that's a very interesting word because it comes from the Hebrew uh, uh, root word. That means I have given you away. I have given you. Jeremiah could have protested, wait a minute, Lord. I, I think I have a say on this. I want to have a say on, on this. You can't just give me away like that. I have my own inalienable rights. But God says, hey, Jeremiah, before you were formed, I have already given you away to the nations. That is the 
nature of God. He is a giving God. And he is the best model and example of giving away. Because the Bible says, God so loved the world, he gave his only son. He gave away his only son, Jesus Christ. To die on the cross for each and every one of us so that whosoever believe in him shall have everlasting life. Our life is to be given away. So type in the chat group. Form. New. K-N-E-W. Consecrated. Appointed. That's who I am. That's what God is doing in my life and in your life. Hallelujah. After receiving such a fresh word from the Lord, Jeremiah said in verse 6, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. In the King James Version, he says, for I am a child. Ah, Lord God. That's another very interesting word because at the time when God called Jeremiah in 629 BC, he was just about 20 years old, a teenager. And his response is like the teenager would respond. Just like some Young, young, young people, when, they are, when, when dad or mom ask them to do something and they don't like it, they will say, Oh, mom, oh, dad, do I have to do this now? And actually, Jeremiah was responding to God in that manner. Oh, Lord, it was a sigh of agony, pain, even despair. Oh, Lord. I'm but a child, I cannot speak. We have all kinds of excuses why we should not be serving God, why we should not be preaching the gospel. We always like to think that there are others who are more qualified. God, I am but a Child, and you are asking me to do a man's job. Please find somebody else. When God called Isaiah, he says, I will. When God called Moses, he said, I won't. And when God called Jeremiah, he said, I can't. I can't do it, Lord. There are a thousand and one things I can do and I'm willing to do it. But this thing that you're calling me to preach your word to the nations, I can't. Sorry, Lord, going to find somebody else. And you know what God said? God said in verse 7, Don't say I am a child. 
Oh, we come to God with all kinds of excuses. And all the negative things that disqualify us from serving God. God won't buy that. Jeremiah says, I am but a child. God says, don't say that. But there are other people, better personalities, more eloquent. God says, I created you. You are who you are. Don't think about wanting to have the past personality of somebody else, the skill, the abilities of somebody else. God says, I created you uniquely as you are, and I'm calling you. You are who you are. You are who I have made you to be. And it's good enough. And then, here we come into verse 8. God says, do not be afraid of their faces. Do not be afraid of their faces. Now, this is, this is very strange of God. Jeremiah says, I can't speak. I am but a child. And God responds, don't be afraid of their faces. Now, what's, what's the connection? God, I'm saying that I cannot speak and I'm but a child. Aren't you, aren't you hearing me? God says, don't be afraid of their faces. Many times we give excuses, but these are not the real reason. The real reason why many of us are not preaching the gospel why many of us are not sharing the gospel, the good news that we have with others? It's not because we cannot speak. It's not because we are too young, too inexperienced. God, when He said, don't be afraid of their faces, pinpoints to us the real root issue. We are afraid of faces. We are afraid of faces. We are afraid that of their response. We are afraid that they may reject us, mock us, look down at us, or even attack us. Faces, I've seen many of these. When I was in Egypt at one time, during my sabbatical, I was just mixing around with a group of Egyptian kids. And I was very comfortable there. They were laughing, joking, you know, and trying to touch me here and there. Very friendly. But then suddenly God spoke to me, get out of here. Quit. And I, I, I couldn't understand why. But the voice of the Spirit says, get out of here fast. And I quickly retreated. The moment I got up, I could see the change in the faces of those kids. 
They are just young children, maybe about ages 8 to 12. Suddenly, suddenly their faces change and become very hostile. And as I was walking away, they were picking up stones to throw at me. I don't know what happened there. But thank God, God delivered me. The real reason is because we are fearful of faces that we see. That's why many of us stop from witnessing. At one time, I was just finishing my dinner at SS2 at the, at the, at the hawker center there. And as I was walking out, it began to rain. And I was caught there as I reached the exit point. And I did not carry an umbrella, umbrella so I was just waiting there. And there were quite a number of people waiting as well. And I said, yeah, this is a good time to share the one-minute witness that we have trained many of you in to share the gospel in one minute. So I looked to my left and there was this one man wearing white. And I thought, okay, this is a chance. He's trapped here, I'm trapped here. Let me share the one-minute witness with him. But I look up at his face. And the moment I look at his face, somehow fear came into my heart. And I begin to just think all kinds of things. Oh, you know, uh, he doesn't look friendly. I don't think he will accept the gospel. I don't think, I, 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 I don't think he will even want to talk to me. And, and, and he's, he will reject the gospel. He may even uh, shoot me away. And all kinds of thoughts came into my mind. And as I continue to wrestle with those thoughts, the man just walked away already. I lost that opportunity. Sometimes when we look at faces, just like Jeremiah did, the faces of the five kings, the faces of the people that were plot against him and, 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 and persecute him, it would cause fear. But God says, don't be afraid. And God gave assurances why you need not be afraid of the faces. God says in verse 7, Or rather verse 8, do not be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you. I am with you to deliver you. Did Jeremiah ever got over his fear? I doubt so. Jeremiah have to go through a lot of things. In chapter 11 of Jeremiah, the people plotted against him. In chapter 20, he was put into stocks. In chapter 36, the king passed an order to arrest Jeremiah. Chapter 37, he was put into a dungeon. Chapter 38, he was put into a muddy well, into a muddy cistern. Did he ever get over the fear of being put into a dungeon or being put into a muddy well? I don't think so. But one thing that carried him through all of this is the word of the Lord that says, I will be with you and I will rescue you. 
That is what will keep us on for the Lord. That, will, that is what will help us to overcome even the fear that grips our heart. Fear not just of preaching the, the, the gospel to others, but fear in our very situation, in the turmoil that we live in. God says, I will be with you and I will rescue and deliver you. But Lord, I'm, a, I'm a still a bit scared. Don't worry, I'll be with you. But Lord, I don't know what they are going to say or do. Don't worry, I will be with you. But Lord, I don't know how all this pandemic, how all this situation will end. Don't worry, I will be with you and I will rescue, I will deliver you. We may not, honestly, we may never, we may not be able to overcome all our fears. But one thing that will help us definitely is the presence of the Lord who said, I will be with you. I will rescue you. Type in the chat group and say, God is with me. I will not fear. So preach the word, Jeremiah. You don't know how the response will be. Preach the word. I will be with you. I will be with you in the streets. I will be with you in the dungeon. I will be with you in the deepest speed. And I will rescue you. And God also said, in verse 9, Then the Lord put forth, his hand and touched my mouth and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. On top of his presence that he has promised to each one of us, serving him, living for him, God also says, I give you my word. I put my words in your mouth. Brothers and sisters, we have the word of God. And the word of God is powerful. The word of God is invincible. The only weapon that Jeremiah has in facing the faces in the crowd, many of whom are hostile, the only weapon he has is the word of God. And the word of the Lord is powerful, sharper than any two-aged sword. God says, preach this word. I will back up this word. No one word will fall to the ground without bringing forth its results. I will do what I said I will do. So Jeremiah preached. He preached for 40 years. And when you reach the end of Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 52, the final chapter of the book of Jeremiah, we see the fall of Jerusalem as Jeremiah 
have predicted and prophesied. A very sad closing. Jeremiah had been preaching for almost 50 years then. And what's the result? There seems to be no results at all. As he later lamented, summer is past and we are not saved. The harvest is past and we are not saved. Has all the preaching gone to waste? There are times when you serve God. Pastors and preachers out there, missionaries, Christian workers, brothers and sisters, sometimes when you preach and preach the word of God, when you prayed and prayed for souls, you may not see the results. Jeremiah, after 50 years, he broke down, he wept. At the close of his book in chapter 52, that's why he's known as a weeping prophet. But he wept not because his ministry was not successful, not because his preaching was not fruitful. He wept because when he saw the faces of these people, his heart goes towards them. He loved his people who are now on the brink of disaster. He loved them till the end. Was his preaching effective? Many people think that there was nothing to show. But that may not be the case. Because after him came a man by the name of Daniel, born 27 years after Jeremiah. A generation later, he was one of those who was taken into captivity into Babylon. And after living there, going through all kinds of tribulations and troubles, but serving in a high position in the Babylonian Empire. He lived there for 69 years. And then after that, he told the people, hey guys, get ready. We are leaving this land. We are leaving Babylon. We are leaving this captivity. We are going back home. And the people wondered, hey, Daniel, why do you say that? On what basis do you say that? Then he would tell them, Jeremiah said so. Because he has been reading the book of Jeremiah, the scroll of Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah chapter 25, Jeremiah have already prophesied that the captivity will last 70 years. And so on the 69th year, Daniel rallied the people and says, we are going home. Jeremiah says so. It will last only 70 years. Next year, we are going home. And Jeremiah never goes wrong. Everything that he said came to pass. Yes. Many years later, the word of God is still powerful, still alive, and remains sure and steadfast. But that's not the end. In Jeremiah 51, Jeremiah, after serving for all these years, and knowing that the Babylonians are coming in, 
God told Jeremiah, you go to the Babylonians. You go to the Babylonian king and you tell him, you are going down. Now that was even before they came in victorious and they will be for 70 years or more. And yet God told Jeremiah, before all these things happen, you tell the Babylonian king, you're going down. God is going to use you, but after that, because of your cruelty and wickedness, God is going to punish you. Your kingdom will be taken over by the Medes, by the Persian, by the Greeks. Wow! Fantastic! And you know what God told Jeremiah to do? After you have spoken to the Babylonian king, I want you to walk hundreds of miles. Take the scroll. Ask your secretary to take the scroll. Walk hundreds of miles to the Euphrates River and throw the scroll into the Euphrates River. In chapter 51, verse 63, God told him to do that. We wonder why. We do not understand it until we go to the book of Revelation. And in Revelation chapter 16, when the bowls were, in the imagery of the bowls being poured out, there will be the army from the east that will march towards Jerusalem after the seven-year tribulation. The army from the east will rise and they will march. They will not fly. They will march to Jerusalem. But from the east to Jerusalem, there is a river called the Euphrates River. And Revelation chapter 16 tells us that as they march towards the Euphrates River, somehow the river will just dry up. And they will march into Jerusalem. And then... What do we find in the Euphrates River? That was the same place where God had told Jeremiah to throw the scroll into that river. Jeremiah is saying, I warn you, I warn you, I warn you. And the word of God is sure. And as they march, the armies from the east march through the Euphrates into Jerusalem. That will be the starting of what we know as the Battle of Armageddon. Fighting against the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, the conqueror, and all will be wiped out. As prophesied by Jeremiah itself. The very scroll that threw, that he threw into the Euphrates River was shout at those marching armies trying to fight against God. It's the word of the Lord that will remain. And it is true, tried, and tested. So yes, we are a child, but preach the word of God. Yes, we may not be eloquent, but preach the word of God. It is powerful. It will accomplish all that God wants it to accomplish. 
We may not see it even in our lifetime sometimes, but the Word of God is sure and powerful. It is invincible. So brothers and sisters, in this month of evangelism and also next month, I urge you, preach the Word of God. Share the Word of God in whatever way that you can. Sow the Word of God into lives. Serve the Lord faithfully. And He will bless. He will keep you. He will protect you. He will be with you. And He will use you. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you to bless your word. Help us not to make excuses from serving you, from preaching the word of the Lord. But help us to allow you to work in our lives. Thank you, dear God. And now let me invite you to respond to the word of the Lord. There are some of you who are still wondering about your purpose in life. God says, I form you. I know you. I've consecrated you and I've appointed you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. If you want us to pray along with you to discover the will of God and purpose of God for your life, please join us in our Zoom prayer room that has been flashed on the screen right now. And we'll be there will be pastors and leaders who will be praying with you. But some of us are fearful. Fearful not just of preaching the word of the Lord or doing the will of God, but fearful of so many things in life. Fear so easily grips your heart. And you need prayer that the peace of God, that the power and presence of God will be upon you. Please join us in the Zoom prayer room. I know that God is calling some of you, even into full-time ministry to serve Him. There is no better thing to do in this entire world and it is my firm conviction there's no better thing for us to do than to preach the Word of God. That's why I've dedicated my life to doing that. And I know that God is calling some of you, don't hold back anymore. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ and serve Him. He's calling you. You need prayer or you need to talk to somebody, a pastor, please join us in our Zoom prayer room. And now let's pray together. Father, I just pray for all these people, Lord, who have received your word. Your word is powerful. Your word will accomplish all that you have said it to do. And I pray, dear Father, even for the power of the word of the Lord to be released in our lives, to set us free, dear Lord, from all fear, from all bondages in the name of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord will liberate us, dear Lord, even to live for you and to serve you. And I pray, dear Lord, there will be such a passion in our hearts to preach the word of the Lord. Use each and every one of us, dear God, I pray. Thank you, dear Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
And now, let me talk about and pray for you and bless you with another kind of faith that the Bible talks about. In Numbers chapter 24, verse 26, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen and amen. God bless you and shalom.